0: The following podcast is brought to you by thestationofthecross.com.
1: Hello, beloved family. How are you? You know, I realized
0: yesterday, which was my first day back in a couple of weeks from um, somewhat of a botched surgery, which many of you know, I'm doing so much better. I'm still rather weak, but I'm doing so much better. And I know that in large part, it is the fruit of all of your prayers. I'm so, so indebted to you and grateful to you. And for your notes and your prayers, and some have sent flowers. I'm just, um, I'm really overwhelmed by your love, and I'm so grateful to be back. And yesterday was the first day, and for some reason, um, I thought it was Friday, so I wished you all a good weekend. <laughs> but today is Friday, and so um, we'll hopefully have a good program today. And I wanted to get off the COVID conversation a little bit that that we had yesterday, and what's going on in the world, and Because of what's going on in the world, I've been stressing ever since um, I've been on the air with you that um, the family is God's design to build his kingdom, and therefore the enemy's number one target to destroy, and everything going on about same-sex so-called marriage, it's not marriage, uh, same-sex unions, transgenderism, all this stuff is from the devil, And it's his way of destroying the family. He could care less about uh, homosexuality and all of that, except that on its effect of destroying the family. That's the only object of the enemy, is to destroy the family, God's number one institution, to build his kingdom on earth and uh, forever in heaven. So that's the point. And what I've said often, beloved, is if you don't, know your faith, and you, if you have children, and you don't teach your children their faith, you are stewards of your children, and God has given them to you to raise for heaven. If you fail that, if you turn your children over to public schools that are now run by the devil, for the most part, critical race theory, um, uh, distorted abomination of sexual curriculum, Um, all kinds of evil that the children are subjected to, including wearing masks, little children wearing masks in school, forget it. If you abandon your children to the evil world, to those schools, you are ruining your children. They are not ruining your children, you are, by sending them into those schools. You would not send them, if you had an ounce of love for them, into a building that was burning up in fire. Well, why would you send them into a school or any kind of um, situation that is putting their souls on fire and damning them? It it, it it makes no sense at all. And so, if you fail to live your faith, if you call yourself Catholic, if you fail to live your faith, if you fail to learn it, if you don't know your faith the circumstances are and have been what they are. No guilt, no blame, zero. But you have no more time now and no more excuse. You must learn your faith. And you must teach it to your children regardless of where they go to school, even if a Catholic school. You must teach it to your children and you must protect your children even if in a Catholic school from wearing masks, from getting the COVID shot, from... Again, critical race theory from all the insanity that is taught, even in many Catholic schools. Again, you will not be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know, because God will say to you, why didn't you know? I gave you those children. How could you turn them over to a world that you didn't know what they'd be taught and how they'd be destroyed? No way. No way. So we're out of time, dear ones the enemy is um, clamping down. Um, We are in the end times. The end times began at the foot of the cross uh, at our Lord's crucifixion the last 2,000 years. But we are at the end of the end times. How much time we have now, I don't know. I see all kinds of things, listen to prophecies. Many of you do too. We don't know. We don't know the day and the hour. We don't know. But the year of St. Joseph is ending on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of Our Lady. And um, his a certain amount of grace and protection from this being the year of St. Joseph will end. Many people have reported that it will be the beginning of the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But that rain and her Immaculate Heart will triumph. But as soon as her Immaculate Heart begins to reign, um, and again, uh, many people are looking at December 8th, which is the end of the year of St. Joseph and the beginning of the Immaculate Heart reign, um, of the reign of the Immaculate Heart of our Blessed Mother. Again, to use the expression, all hell will break loose, and people are going to be persecuted for their faith, martyred for their faith, all of that. And if you're children who may be taken from you or you may be taken from them, if they don't know who they are and whose they are, if they don't know their faith, they will be lost. It's the only thing they have to hold on to, to cling to, is who they are in Christ and who Christ is and what is his church. They must know their faith or they'll have no ammunition to stand, none at all, Um, I I don't know how to emphasize this too strongly. I don't know how to emphasize it too strongly. But we need to live our faith. And I have something that's really wonderful. Um, Tan Publishers, many of you know Tan, T-A-N, Thomas A. Nelson Publishers. They are a a very faithful, orthodox, traditional Catholic publishing house. And, um, I've been ordering books from them for years, um, because I know, you know, if you say to me, have you read this book? And I haven't, or should I read this book? And I don't know. My first question is who published it? If it has the name tan on it, go, go read it because of their reputation of publishing solid orthodox catholic books and when i say traditional i'm not talking about radical or any anything like just true catholic teaching unchangeable catholic teaching and they have that reputation and so uh if you tell me it's published by tan i may or may not know the author but i trust tan and that's enough for me i'd say go ahead and read it um But I had no idea of the breadth of Tan's uh, uh, apostolate. I have no idea of the breadth of all that they've done. And the reason I know a little more now is because I've been invited to be part of a brand new uh, blog, uh, online blog they have on their website for me to write an article, a monthly article for them. Well, I was honored to be asked to do that, but I, I still had no idea. I've never been part of a blog. I haven't been excited about blogs. I've never posted and done any of that. But because it was tan, I said yes. And I wrote the first article, and it was it came online as of October 1, just uh, at, what, where are we now, October 8th, so a week ago. And so I looked online to see what they did and what it looks like. And I tell you, dear ones, I cannot be more thrilled. I just cannot be more pleased. I was almost astounded by the beauty of what they've done. Um, I want you to be able to go to it. It's called TAN, T-A-N, one word, Tandirection.tanbooks.com tan direction tanbooks.com um no tan direction dot and um maybe just look up tan direction and um uh they have a number of articles here um it it's just fantastic i'm just going to read you, and their artwork is is just exquisite exquisite artwork I'm going to read you just the titles of it. I won't even have time to read you my article today, which I could do on Monday, or you could look it up. But I just want to read you the titles. A utilitarian or saintly marriage. Which one do you have? A utilitarian or a saintly marriage. And then the next title, Battle Ready. No mental prayer, no holiness. Next, on the devil... Cultural Marxism, and St. John Biani Next. Um, tan Academy as the Living Order of Creation. I didn't know there was a Tan Academy. You're looking for homeschooling material, kindergarten through 12th grade. It's a total, entire curriculum that is magnificent, totally Catholic, and uh, not ancient, Of anything that's totally Catholic is ancient ever ancient and ever new magnificent Um, everything they supply you with to homeschool your children let me see what else Um, another title look upon your child as an immortal Christian as an immortal creature next on discerning the treasury of sacred music so beautiful Uh, When we come back from the break, I'll tell you the title of my article, but I'll tell you others as well. And um, uh, we have a treasure here, beloved, uh, that I never knew existed. Maybe some of you do, but I would recommend you going to TAN on the web. Again, TAN Direction and looking at this blog. It'll be a monthly guide to your life, uh, to your homeschooling efforts, Um, to your decision-making absolutely magnificent there's the music for our first break dear ones um we'll come back and after the second break we'll tell you your calls your emails and your text don't go away
2: the station of the cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast catholic programs for more than 20 years as a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam live. I am Mother Miriam, and I am live
0: and back with you now. The second day, I'm so happy for it. And for those who didn't turn in early, tune in earlier. Um, I'm much, much, much better and healing. And it's going to take a few more weeks um, to heal fully from a kind of surgical mishap. Um, but um, uh, I'm doing well, and I'm so grateful to God for all of you. Just before the break. I was speaking about Tan Books that I had been invited to be part of a new blog of theirs to write a monthly column and when the column came out a week ago I looked at it to see what it was about who else was on it and what it would look like I cannot be more pleased it's just so incredibly beautiful so I'm inviting you all if you're not familiar with Tan publishers you you will you will I don't know that you can find a more faithful publisher in the church. Anything with the name Tan is trustworthy. Um, And now with this blog, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. It's the only blog I've ever said yes to. I've never posted before. I've never been part of a blog. We don't have a blog. But this is outstanding in its um, entries, its authors, its theology, its um, exquisite artwork and its layout. It's beautiful. So I would urge you all to go word: TAN Direction, one dot com, or just go to TAN Publishers and look it up on their web. Um, I'm looking at the article now from October 1st, the posting from a week ago, which is the very first. And the first um, title is God Wills You to Be Happy. That's the first title, and in an opening um, sentence, it says that he and he alone, whose will is perfect untied, um, I'm sorry, um, whose will is perfectly united, there's a misspelling there, it says untied, whose will is perfectly united to God's. Possesses the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Happiness and conformity to the will of God work in tandem and have always been a common theme for Catholic theologians and spiritual writers on the subject of joy. The next article is a series on the Annunciation, and this is part three. Um, The next one is St. Michael's Help is Urgent for Today. Saint Michael's help is urgent for today. The next one is titled "Unchained." Um, I'm I haven't read all this yet. I'm going to read every single article. I'm just so thrilled with it. And the next article is the theme of my heart: parents as primary teachers. Parents as primary teachers, and beloved, if you decide to live God's vocation to the full, you will homeschool your children. You may call me a radical. It's not radical anymore to get them out of this uh, devilish nightmare of a world we live in. Um, uh, You must homeschool them. You must protect them. And how can you be their primary teacher, whether or not you homeschool? You are their primary teacher, whether or not. And then my own article is that the title of the blog each month is from mother's heart to your home, from my heart to your home. And um, uh, I, if we have time, I'll go back and tell you the theme of what I wrote in the first one. The next article is The Clash of Angels. It's actually the second part. And I, I, I would imagine that looking at that, they'll refer you to the first part. The next article, The Last of the Martyrs of the Colosseum, Knowing that the Blood of Martyrs is the Seed of Christians. The next article. Parents as spiritual guides. Beloved, do not look to your school, even a Catholic school, even your church, to be guides for your children. If you do that, they may be good, they may be bad, but it's your vocation, not the churches, not the priests, not even the Pope. It is your vocation to raise your children in the admonition and nurture of the faith. It is your vocation to be the spiritual guides of your children. And if you feel weak in that, you don't know what to do, here is help. Help beyond anything you'll ever need. Um, Next article is part one titled, Before Time. And again, I haven't read these, but I'm going to read every one. And the next article is the Catholic response to moral and religious deterioration the Catholic response to moral and religious deterioration. Flannery O'Connor wrote, all human nature vigorously resists grace because grace changes us and the change is painful. Beloved, if we resist change in whatever uncomfortable or suffering or um, painful process it will involve, then we may miss heaven altogether. Another one from the Tan Academy um, is voyaging through Read Aloud Land as a family. Oh, my goodness. I am so thrilled um, to see this. It's, It's everything I wish. You need to gather your children at night. Yes, pray the rosary and read to them. Read to them of the saints, of the faith, as a family voyaging through read aloud land as a family tan is giving it all to you how to raise your family how to homeschool how to teach your children how to be spiritual guides how to come together as a family how to live and the next title is tips to cultivate the interior life in the family not just We're Catholics, we pray the rosary, we say our night prayers, we do this, we do that. This is very good, I don't put that down. But how do you cultivate the interior life in the family? Not just do's and don'ts, not rules, but the interior life in the family, so that it all comes from the interior of our heart, our spirit. So we're transformed down to the smallest child from within. Um... And then they go on on the impressive ceremonies of the Latin Mass. The impressive ceremonies of the Latin Mass. Um, A dear friend sent me this morning an email from um, EWTN, EWTN Live with Father Mitch Pacwa, whose guest was Archbishop um, uh, Snyder, Archbishop Athanasius Snyder, who is a very dear friend and spiritual guide to us. The daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's hope. He is a treasure in the church. And they sent it to me because the entire subject of Bishop Snyder's appearance on EWTN with Father Mitch Pacwa is communion in the hand. And he talks about the utter devastation and atrocity of that has been has befallen the church, the irreverence to Christ in the host by communion in the hand. And the that that a host is put in our hand, and we pick it up with our own fingers and put him in our mouth as if the way we eat normal food. It is, it is atrocious. And particles in our hand, and he said there's always a patent, and when he serves communion on the tongue, there's always a server with a patent. And there's always... Um, tiny particles that fall on the patent, which is why the patent must be, the servant must hold it absolutely straight and be very, very careful. And when the serving of communion is over, the priest takes the patent carefully, brings it back to the altar and puts very carefully with his thumb or a cloth or whatever, every single particle back into the chalice to mix with the precious blood that he consumes it. Well, if a, pal- if a, pal- a, a, um, a patent is full of little particles, um, those particles are on the floor with communion in the hand. They're on the floor. Even if you use a patent, people walk back to their seats and the particles are on their hands and they fall. I've picked them up from the floor. I've seen tiny particles, one as large as about a quarter of an inch. I pick it up and I put it in my mouth. Even though it's on the floor in the carpet, I don't care. It's an absolute atrocity and a height of irreverence to do that. And people think, as Father Mitch point pointed out, that when a particle drops, it really doesn't matter. It's not the Eucharist anymore. The only thing is the Eucharist is what they put in their mouth. No, not at all. You go back to your seat with a particle in your hand or on the floor, and it and you may not even see it. It's an absolute desecration. and it's it's. Um, I, am I against the Novus Ordo Mass? I am not, I am not, but I am utterly against the devastation of hosts being put on people's hands. That host should never come from anyone including a deacon, no one but the hands of a consecrated priest. No human being should handle that host but the hands of a consecrated priest. No one else. No so-called Eucharistic ministers and no deacons. Father Bishop, rather Bishop Athanasius Snyder has taught that also. And people say the church allows it. I know. The church allows all kinds of abominations. I'm not against the church. I love the church. But it has been allowing such things in recent years as to destroy it. Although it will never be destroyed because the gates of hell will never prevail against God's church. Many things have been allowed that are desecrations, that are very, very wrong. And who you think you are, Mother Miriam, the church allows it and you say it's wrong. I do. I do. I do, because it's not a matter of faith and morals. It's a matter of practice and discipline, which can be very, very wrong. When a pope declares things, it doesn't mean he's right. When he approves things, it does not mean he's right. It's his opinion, and he may be pressured into by all kinds of circumstances. He may be off in his thinking, um, all of that. The cardinals may be as well. They may be. They're fallen men like we are, it is only in matters of faith and morals that when the Pope speaks, he speaks, when he speaks ex cathedra, or cathedra, however it's pronounced, people pronounce it both ways, meaning ex, out of the chair of Peter, ex cathedra, only when he speaks officially, authoritatively, from the chair of Peter, in matters of faith and morals, which is binding on the faithful, then it's infallible. Nothing else is infallible. No instruction that the Pope gives has to be followed if it is against the faith. It must not be followed if it's against the faith. And you say, but he's the Pope. I know. I know. And there have been many Popes that have done a tremendous amount of destruction in the Church. And the Church is not kept because of them. It's kept because of Christ, who is faithful and will not allow the gates of hell to prevail against his church. You see, beloved, this is not disrespectful speaking. This is truth. I'm speaking what the church has taught us. And you need to learn your faith if you're ever going to survive in this world and if you're going to raise holy children for the kingdom who may need to be martyred in our lifetime. Let them know who they are and let them be martyred to heaven. God bless you. There's the music for our second break. When we come back, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. The toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the We'll be right back. Family, welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and I love it. Uh, it's an opportunity. If you wish to call in live or send a text or an email, our toll free number with anything that's on your heart. It never has to be our subject. It's your subject. Um, and the toll free number is one eight seven seven five one one. 5483, or email at mother at com. We have an email from Christopher, who writes, Hi, Mother Miriam, I am a Catholic Christian man who has been divorced for 19 years. My ex-wife and I raised two wonderful daughters as divorced co-parents. I have a loving relationship with both my children, and they are outstanding are young women, ages 21 and 24, I'm really struggling with my sin of divorce, the impact it had on my children, and my ex-wife, she really went through her second, she recently went through her second divorce, oh dear. I feel my sin of adultery, which led to our divorce, caused my ex-wife to remarry and commit adultery, even though I fought the divorce. I am not remarried, nor will I ever remarry. I have prayed for forgiveness and confessed my sins but I am still struggling with feeling forgiven. I feel my faith is so weak because I feel unforgiven, even though intellectually I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Any advice you can give would be greatly appreciated. I stumbled upon your show yesterday and I'm so grateful for your tough love approach in Christ, Christopher." Christopher, that's an awful pain you're living with, for sure. Uh, First of all, I don't know if you were married within the Catholic Church. Um, If you were married within the Catholic Church, then um, the divorce doesn't mean you're still not married. If you were married, if you had a sacramental marriage, divorce is a civil separation, but you're still married in the eyes of God. And so you cannot remarry. If your ex-wife were married, and again, your marriage was a sacrament, indeed, she uh, was committing adultery, um, and, um, so forth. Uh, but you haven't provided me with that information. So I don't know. Um, as far as you're struggling with not feeling forgiven, our feelings are not any proof of what is true. Um, we have to inform our feelings with the truth and not let our feelings carry us. Um, if you have truly confessed, if you've gone to confession and confessed the sin uh, of adultery, which you say led to your divorce, um, you said, I feel my sin of adultery, which led to our divorce, caused my ex-wife to remarry. Um, No, your sin of adultery, which led to your divorce, did not cause your ex-wife to marry, to remarry and commit adultery. That's totally her responsibility. You did not cause her to sin. You may have set the stage and injured her greatly, but that is between her and God. Um, uh, I'm I'm hoping that you have uh, fully apologized to your wife. And again, she's only your ex-wife if you were not sacramentally married. If she's still your wife, even though you're divorced. Um, so number one, you must fully apologize to her and tell her how how ignorant, how stupid, how blindsided, how fleshly, how utterly sinful you were to do such a thing and lose such a treasure as her as your wife and sin so against her in God. You must totally say everything like that, and get on your knees and apologize to her. And she say, well, what do you want out of this? I want nothing but to tell you how very, very, very sorry I am. I do ask your forgiveness. I don't know that you can, but I do ask it. But I want to tell you how awfully sorry I am and for the destruction that wrought. My utter sin has wrought in your life. So she needs to hear that. Uh, you need to say all of that into in, in the confessional, knowing that you have committed mortal sin. Mortal sin being three things: number one, grave; secondly, that it's uh, that you know it's grave; and thirdly, that you know it will separate you from God. And you commit it anyway uh, of your own free will, not under coercion. And so, it has to be a full apology to your wife. Uh, true confession in the confessional with true sorrow. And if the priest absolves you, and maybe it's already done, I'm guessing uh, this already took place, and he says, I absolve you from your sin, you need to believe him. Forget what you feel. You must believe him. Otherwise, you're slapping God in the face. When the priest says, I absolve you, the priest cannot forgive sins. God alone forgives sins. But he has chosen... To forgive sins through the instrumentality of his priest, who at that point is an Christus, another Christ. The priest who helped me into the church said, when the priest does his most important work, which is um, consecrating bread that becomes the body and blood of our Lord at Mass and in the confessional, absolving sins. He said, when the priest does his most important work, he's not himself because it is Christ. So when you hear the priest say, I absolve you, it is Christ who says those words to you through the priest. And if you go home and say, well, I don't feel absolved, um, you're in your own little world. You're not, there's no humility in there. There's no gratitude in there. You must say, Lord, there's no way through all eternity I could thank you enough for your forgiveness, now opening again the road for me to come to heaven. And then you need to live as a saint, and you need to believe that you're forgiven. And if you don't feel forgiven, you need to know that's your own emotions, and usually that's a matter of regret. And I certainly understand regret for past sins. There are things I've committed in the past that I could die every time I think of them. But to live in regret is to totally weaken your spiritual self. You'll have no defense against the devil. And you will not be able to live for God. You must not let regret, which is a tool of the devil, take hold of you. Accept that in your humility that you sank so low as to commit such an evil. And accept in your humility that God, who is gracious, who came for sinners such as we, has forgiven you. Accept it, receive it, and then you can begin to go out to other grave sinners and help them to accept and receive God's forgiveness. Um, And you say, I feel my faith is so weak because I feel unforgiven, even though intellectually I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Well, many people know that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. but That doesn't mean they've been truly repentant, and that does not mean um, that they're forgiven. So knowing intellectually that Jesus died on the cross for my sins does not affirm to you that you are forgiven, What affirms to you is the words of the priest, I absolve you, which is Christ's words to you through that priest. If you don't receive that, then you are making yourself above God. You cannot. You must say on your knees in tears, thank you, Lord. Help me now to live as a man of God, as a saint, and give my whole life for you. Let me do that, and for my daughters. So that's what I could say to you, Christopher. Um, uh, Don't live on your feelings. If your faith is so weak because you feel unforgiven, no. You feel unforgiven because your faith faith is so weak. It's the other way around. You must learn your faith and live it as a man of God. Live it as a saint. And don't be destroyed by your past sin. Know of God's forgiveness, and now you can help others know how forgiven they are and not be defeated forever uh, through their fall. I hope in some way that helps you, Christopher. We have a call from Gus in Massachusetts. Hello, Gus.
2: Hello, Mother Mary. And God bless you and peace.
0: You, you too, dear um, Gus. Go ahead, hun.
2: Thank you. Yes, I, I definitely need some peace. Um, here, in Mass. I'm a state employee, and I'm about to lose my job because I refuse to take the jab as mandated. Good for you. Good I, for you. Th- there are consequences, though. Yeah. Um, I-, I won't be getting paid. I won't even be allowed to to collect unemployment. None of those benefits. I have a home. I have a family.
0: Who says? My who says? My if room. you, I pardon me, Gus. I'm interrupting you. If they yep. fire you, who says yep. you're not allowed to collect unemployment?
2: The the administration. They. I, I. just. I was talking to the union president, and there's pretty much nothing that we can do. Massachusetts is a weird state, and uh, they're getting away with so much more than other states. And Okay.
0: Well, that's the association in the union. But have you gone to the unemployment office? Have they refused you?
2: I haven't. I haven't done that yet. I'm still waiting for uh, my religious exemption. For some reason, uh, the uh, administration hasn't uh, responded and uh, we're just left in limbo. But again, according to the union, uh, it looks like we're, we're not, none of us will be getting the exemption that we requested.
0: Well, forget the exemption. The fact is yes. um, you've been fired. <coughs> Whatever the reason. Well, I'm about to be fired. Yes. I'm You're about, about to be, to be fired. fired. You didn't quit. If you're being fired, you go to the unemployment office to collect unemployment. Don't yep. let anything stand in your way.
2: I, I, again, I, I'm just um, just repeating what the information I was told. Um, but if so, so I can't really give you 100% the facts uh, since I haven't been fired as of yet, but uh, I only have one more week to go and.
0: All right, sweetheart, but don't assume that you're doomed. Just let the circumstances unfold, and don't you live on what anybody tells you. You follow through on what you would normally do and go to unemployment. And let okay. them tell you what. Go ahead. Yes.
2: Yeah. The, the other thing is that uh, I've been getting so much pressure from my wife, especially. I mean, she's, she's Protestant, and, um, I mean, she, she just looks at the church and says, the church is so divided, Gus. How can you still be in it, leave
0: it? And the church is what, Gus? It? Divided, divided. Because well, you, and Protestantism have, isn't uh, divided with 40,000 denominations in 500 years?
2: Oh, negative. The, uh, the Catholic Church. She's referring to, to my church, the Catholic
0: Church. I understand, but you tell her that if she's Protestant, oh, exactly. she's the fruit of 40,000 denominations in 500 years. She'll never find that kind of division in the Catholic Church.
2: No, that's true. Yes, that's true. I, I did bring that up to her, and um, uh, she, but at one point she saw how united the faith was, the Catholic Church was, and, and, and she just feels that I should leave it. Um, and, and then she she relates to me how people in, 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 in my ministry that uh, you know, my local parish, I mean, so many people have taken a jab and, and the leadership and everybody. And she's like, Gus, you're like the only one that's refusing. Just just do it.
0: Has she? I, I just can't.
2: I just can't.
0: No, then you don't. Uh, has your wife taken the vaccine? No, for some reason, she hasn't. Well, whatever that reason is, you say to your wife, sweetheart, we don't let the majority lead us, because the, the, the road to heaven is narrow, the one to hell is very wide. We don't simply follow, I'm not, we're not saying you'll be in hell because you take the jab, but the point is, if we follow the crowd, uh, the, the bigger road is, leads to hell. So what other people do has nothing, I would say to her, what other people do has not to do with me. We must live before God according to our conscience. We must, and that's what I must do, and I will not take the jab. So yep. now, Gus, yep. here's the music for our break, sweetheart. Uh, yep. Stay on the line, it. because okay. uh, you, you were talking about your family and how you're going to support them, right? Exactly. You have children?
2: I, I have a stepson who's disabled. How old? Uh, he's 33, actually. should have lived only two years, but... Uh,
0: is he living with you? Are you and your wife supporting yes, him? Yes. And yes, that's yes, the only yes, child you have to support at home?
2: Exactly, yes. And does
0: your wife work?
2: She, she doesn't. She actually stayed home to to, uh, to take care of him because his stay program has been canceled.
0: Okay, very good. All right. Uh, Gus, hang on the line, and we'll be back yes. with you when we come back from the break. Um, and everyone, there'll still be time, and we have Tova on the line. Tova, don't hang up. And um, our lines will still be open. We'll speak with you on the other side of the break. God bless you. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith filled priests? You can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on the stationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God
1: bless you. Welcome back, beloved, to
0: Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. Our lines are yet open. If you wish to call in, we're speaking with Gus, and we have Tova on the line. Um, our toll free number um, is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at cross dot com. Are you there, dear Gus? I'm still here. Okay, so if you are about to lose your job, which it seems you are, because you won't take the vaccine. And whether or not you receive unemployment, because um, it's the government who determines that, not the union. If you have a a paper stating you've been fired, you need to be able to go to unemployment and collect unemployment. So there might be other factors there. But what about your family? Now, your wife is home taking care of her disabled 33-year-old boy, uh, son. um, And now what? What will happen to you if you lose your job?
2: Well, I'll lose, uh, well, we live in a home, it's mortgage, so if I can't pay for that, we'll lose the home. Uh, The benefits that I receive, for example, like health insurance, that's helped them out. I won't
0: have anything, I understand. I'm going to cut our conversation short a little because we have others waiting. But no, we understand you lose your job, you lose your salary, all the benefits with it. Can you not get another job?
2: That, that's the thing many of the uh, employers here in massachusetts they're beginning to require the vaccination to get well
0: just go door to door go pack groceries <laughs> i mean it gus yes. pack groceries go door to door look in the one ads any if you have to get two jobs do what you need to do there are people schools catholic churches and maybe they need a handyman i don't know what But many places that do not require the vaccine, even though they're growing less, there are still many places that don't require the vaccine. You become a bus driver. Do whatever you need to do to support your family. Yes. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. You are the breadwinner. You are the man. You are the spiritual leader. Do what you need to do. And is your wife able to get work at home uh, online or do something like that?
2: If she does, to be honest, though, Mother Adrian, my, my stepson Adrian, he really needs a lot of attention. And uh, by the time I get home, my wife is already exhausted.
0: Okay, that answers that question. Not an issue. Yeah, absolutely not sure. an issue. So that's fine. You are the man. You are the breadwinner, winner. And as long as you honor God, um Gus, you will never uh, lack provision. David, King David, in the Psalms said, "I've never seen the righteous begging bread." God will provide for you. Yes. You may not have the lifestyle you have now, but that doesn't matter. All that matters is that you cling to Christ, your wife and and the son, and um, live your life fully for God. He will meet your every need. I don't even question it. That's not presumption. That's true faith. Uh, Understood. Understood. Okay. Yes. All right. God bless Uh, you, my brother. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: Thank you, Mother. You're welcome. No, no, just just, uh, prayers and blessings. Yes,
0: yes, for sure. Okay, everyone, keep Gus. And everybody else who's losing their job over this is in demonic, insane situation. Pray for everyone. Pray for one another. Okay, Gus. Uh, Tova from Orangeville, Ontario, Canada. Hi, Tova. Hi,
3: how are you, Mother Mary? I'm fine.
0: How are you? you know I'm what good, Tov means in Hebrew? Does it mean good? It certainly does.
3: <laughs> Do you have a Jewish <laughs> well, heritage? Actually, no. Um, it's uh, Scandinavian. Uh, All right. But, yeah. Okay.
0: So. <laughs> good, good, good. What's your question, sweetheart?
3: So I'm... Um, My question is, um, recently I was out of town on a Sunday morning, and um, I sought just a a local church in the area to to go to Mass. Uh, When I entered the church, um, my first instinct was to kneel um, as I entered towards the tabernacle, which I presumed was... Uh, front and center or somewhere near the center of the the church behind the altar. I didn't see it, but um, I took my seat, and throughout Mass, I kind of looked for it, and I couldn't see it, but it was a fairly large church, so I thought, well, maybe it was was hidden by a pillar, um, and I just didn't see it. So after Mass, um, I took a walk up to see if I could find the tabernacle, and I was surprised, but I, I didn't see it. And so then I, I started to walk around the church, and I ultimately found the tabernacle in um, what I call a little side room. Which I, when I did a little search online later, I think it might be called an apse. I'm not sure. Um, I want to be honest. I was just so saddened to see, rightly so, that our Lord was
0: off, off in yeah, a little room, rightly so, rightly so,
3: and. There were some people kneeling in front of him, and mm-hmm. anyways, I, I just I, I didn't know what to do. It just bothered me all day. I wanted to write a letter to the priest or the the bishop, and I I just wasn't sure what to do. So um, I wanted to ask your advice.
0: Well, the the best place for our Lord is front and center. There's no question in the world about that. And the fact that you didn't know where he the tabernacle was all through the mass, it'd be normal that the priest would uh, take. Already consecrated hosts from the tabernacle to serve to the people, so apparently that didn't happen. Um, there are many churches who have had these little adoration chapels. If you saw people kneeling in there, they've just put in a, made an adoration chapel off to the side. Um, the church still should have a tabernacle in the front, even if they have a, 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 an adoration chapel. Um, as far as I understand tova um the, the church does not demand that the tabernacle be in the center this modern well modern church does not demand that um but it does say that it must be visible to the congregation so if it's right. off in a side chapel which is not visible i think that's uh, outside of uh, church law it needs to be so, visible when you're in the church and it could be off to the side, or it could be someplace, but it should be visible.
3: It's a fairly new church. Uh, when I when I looked it up online, I think it might be maybe about fifteen years old. Um, mm-hmm. Not new, new, but uh, do you think it's? I mean, as a, I'm a non-parishioner, I, I don't have any stake in that. But it just didn't sit right with me. Do you think my my writing a letter to either the priest or the bishop just to voice my opinion would make any difference?
0: No, I don't think so. Because (laughs) if it's that new a church, the priest knows, the bishop approved it, he had to consecrate that church, and I don't think it'll make a difference. They'll probably just count you as a traditionalist and dismiss it. Um, There's nothing wrong with you writing a letter to tell them how grieved you are in visiting their church, that you it wasn't until after Mass that you had to go on a search to find the tabernacle, uh, the dwelling Mm -hmm. place of our Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. You can express your heart. I think it'll make no difference. I can't predict that because it's the grace of God that makes a difference in in men's hearts, people's hearts. So if you want to write it, it's perfectly all right, but it's not your Mm -hmm. parish. You're not a parishioner. You don't support them financially (laughs) and other things. Mm -hmm. I think it'll make no difference, but... um, uh, i wouldn't not write for that reason i 'd leave if i 'm not grieved uh I would write the letter and leave their response in god 's hands and to his how, grace. Common is, is,
3: uh, how common is that these days to unfortunately for to do all that? too
0: common unfortunately mm-hmm. all too common it's it's okay. utterly grievous to me but i 've been in many mm-hmm. church where that where that 's been the case okay. But if it's in such a tiny little room with people kneeling as the adoration chapel, and you have to look for it and it's all the way in the back, they should yeah. have another tabernacle in the church that is visible. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, you're okay. right. And, you know, before you write the letter, you might look up canon law and look up the German, yeah. the GIRM, General Instruction of the Roman Missal, on the placement of okay. the tabernacle, and you can quote it to them. Okay. i can say I was idea. grieved. I didn't know if I, how right I am to be grieved, but then I saw this in canon law and send it off. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Dear. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Tova. God bless you, dear. Um, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by thestationofthecross.com, a listener-funded nonprofit organization. If this podcast has helped you in your spiritual journey, please prayerfully consider donating at thestationofthecross.com by calling one 888 6279 or through our free iCatholic Radio mobile app.